Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This is the Graybar Sports Open Line. Goes mid swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. Back at it here on a Gray Bar Sports Open Line. One hour down, one more to go. A couple guests this hour. Kevin Ryan's Fox 2 will join us. Brian Kennedy, Channel 4 will join us. Wanted to get into what is arguably the biggest sports story of the last few days. I can't tell you how often, and I'm not begru- I love hosting Cardinals pre and post every day, and I'm so glad that we're the home of the Cardinals. That being said, there are times that things are happening in sports, and it's like, man, I wish I had a sports open line tonight because this is something that I want to talk about. It has been an odd last couple weeks when it comes to the world of college athletics and, once again, realignment. We're calling it college football realignment. We call it that because college football is motivating it, but it's really just college athletic conference realignment because all the other sports are coming along for the ride. And Eli Drinkwitz, the Missouri football coach, he commented on it. I thought he had some very interesting, poignant things to say. Now, a lot of people are going to say it's hypocritical for anybody from Missouri to say anything because Missouri left the Big 12 and went to the SEC. I think it's different because, at the very least, the state of Missouri borders some SEC. <laughs> you're not you're not going from coast to coast. Like geographically, it makes some sense to have Missouri in the SEC. It's making less and less sense on some of these other things that are happening, specifically some of these Pac-12 schools that are heading to the Big Ten, where all of a sudden conferences are not about geography and regions. Uh, conferences are about market sizes and the fervor of fan bases and the amount of uh, the, the size of stadiums and all these other things. And I'm not even saying that's bad. Like, I've never been somebody that's ran away from the impact of money and the business side of athletics, even at the college level. But there are some people that are being brought along for a ride that it's not great. And I wanted to play this audio for you from Eli Drinkwitz. He said this just a couple days ago. Uh, this audio is courtesy of uh, ABC 17 News in Columbia. Uh, this is Coach Drinkwitz talking about college football realignment. All right, I'm going to say it. I thought the transfer window, I thought the portal was closed. Uh, oh, that's just for the student athletes. The adults in the room get to do whatever they want, apparently. And it's, um, you know, it's just sad that there's... Um, 
Look, I, I, my question is, did we count the cost? I'm not talking about a financial cost. I'm talking about did we count the cost for the student athletes involved in this decision? What cost is it to those student athletes? We're talking about a football decision they based off football, but what about softball and baseball who have to travel cross country? Do we ask about the cost to them? Do we know what the number one indicator of, uh, of symptom of, or cause of mental health is? It's lack of rest and sleep. Traveling in those baseball, softball games, you know, those, those people, they travel commercial, they get done playing at four, they gotta go to the airport, they come back, it's three or four in the morning, they gotta go to class. I mean, did we ask any of them? Are we going to look back? I, I don't worry at all about the game. The game is going to be strong. Football is going to be fine. We'll all figure it out. But did we consider the people that we are entrusted to? Did we consider the student athlete? Because then we're asking them to go out on their own to get NIL. We didn't say we're going to revenue share. We're not saying they're getting a piece of it. So that, that's the thing that's bothering me right now in this whole situation is we keep trying to limit what the student athlete can do, but then we act on our own. And uh, everybody's got their own reasons, um, uh, and, and I'm not questioning any of those. I'm saying as a collective group, have we asked ourselves, what's it going to cost the student athletes? I saw um, on Twitter several student athletes talking about one of the reasons they chose their school was so that their parents didn't have to travel. They chose a local school so that they could be regionally associated so their parents could watch them play and not have to travel. Did we ask them if they wanted to travel from the East Coast to the West Coast? Man, you know, I love the game, but every game that I coach, I look up in the stands and find my family. I make sure they can play. I make sure they can be there because that's what I'm doing this for. And, and you're talking about volleyball, baseball, softball, track. I mean, all, all those other sports, man, they don't get, they're not fortunate in, to travel like the way we do. Football be fine. Football be fine. It's still we count the cost of the collateral damage of everybody else. I don't know. I, only time will tell, but that is my biggest, like looking at it going 24 hours after, say, did we really think about that? I don't think we did. Um, I don't think we did. Coach Drinkwood speaking on college football realignment. I agree with a lot of what he said there. And I'm I'm a little torn on something. I'm a proud graduate, as I mentioned on occasion on this program. I'm a proud graduate of Kansas State. And I'm a Big 12 guy. And it still bums me out that Missouri's not in the Big 12. I understand why they're in the SEC. Uh, from a financial standpoint, from the ability to win at the highest level standpoint, if they get all their stuff together, they're going to be able to do some stuff in the SEC that maybe they couldn't have done in the Big 12. I get that. I wish they were still in the Big 12. I understand why they're in the SEC. Um, just a couple of years back, the future of the Big 12 didn't look great. Even before Texas and Oklahoma made the decision to leave, they had been rumored to leave, and then they stuck around, and that kind of – gave a lifeline, and then they did leave, and they were able to find a way to survive. They've brought in some other members that are starting this year, and then they took advantage of the instability of the Pac-12, and they went and got Colorado and Utah and Arizona and Arizona State. Now, I'll say about that, those, you know, I, I saw a, a graph the other day specifically to Arizona and Arizona State on the amount that they're going to have to travel 
in the Big 12 compared to what they were traveling in the Pac-12. And it's actually not that much more significant, especially if you get rid of like Central Florida and West Virginia. They fit somewhat, especially with Colorado and Utah and BYU in that league. That's not, that doesn't make zero sense. But some of these West Coast schools, the Oregons, the Washingtons, the USC's, going into the Big Ten, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense from a geographic standpoint. And the answer is easy. The answer is the easiest thing in the world. What I'm about to say is the most common sense thing that you will ever hear. But it's never going to happen, at least not in today's world of college athletics, because people with agendas are going to get in the way of it. Here's the easy answer. Let college conference realignment impact football, impact men's basketball, maybe impact women's basketball as well. You probably don't want to separate men's and women's basketball. And let those leagues go do whatever they want because that's what is supporting athletics. Those are the programs that are bringing in money. Those are the programs that are flying charter, that are doing all these things that make life a little bit easier, that when Oregon is going to play Rutgers in football, it's not the biggest deal in the world. They're going to be okay, kind of like Coach Drinkwitz referred to. So allow football and men's and women's basketball to operate the way it is right now with the conference realignment and everything, and then regionalize everything else. Just regionalize everything else. So... Missouri Volleyball is playing Missouri State and Southeast Missouri State and Illinois and Illinois State and Loyola like what whatever the whatever the however the maps are drawn make make the other sports regional. Now, the reason that's not going to happen is because these the the power conference programs are going to say, well, football Football gets to be in the Big Ten. Football gets to be in the SEC. They're going to go play this school, and you want us to go play this school and this school that are in what would be considered non-Power 5 conferences? Why would we ever do that? So it's kind of an ego thing. And and I understand that initial feeling. And I'm not trying to be dismissive of those other sports either. But this is where money does talk. Because if all those other sports were bringing in the amount of money – where they can all fly charter, where they can all travel in the way that football does, okay, then you can go fly all over the country. But that's not the way it works. Coach Drinkwitz said it. That the, you're flying commercial and you're you're playing on a you know baseball and softball are playing a three game series over the weekend. They've got a one o'clock game on Sunday. That thing is wrapping up at four or five o'clock. You're hoping you're just hoping that there's a flight that you can catch on a Sunday night and you're getting back to your insert college town here and kids are going to class first thing the next morning. It is really challenging. And whether it's baseball, softball, whatever, doesn't matter what the sport is, it's challenging. So if I was the one, if I was the czar of all things college athletics, I would recognize that football and basketball, they're bringing in the money. They're, they are what's are supporting the entire system that is college athletics. And I would let them do whatever they want to do, whatever the TV networks, the millions and millions of dollars that want to get paid out for those sports to play those separate teams and those time windows, let all that happen. And then let all the other sports, the Olympic sports, let them go to more regional model 
and it fixes everything. Never going to happen, but it fixes everything. 314-436-7900. We might be able to get back into this a little bit later on in the program, but up next we're going to be joined by Kevin Ryans, Fox 2, Channel 11. We'll talk uh, all things uh, Cardinals and a few other things with him coming up in just a few moments as we roll on. It's a Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. News Radio KMOX, the home of the Cardinals. A great bar sports open line rolls on right here on KMOX. Cardinals baseball back at tomorrow. Some early starts with 540, 545 for uh, first pitch tomorrow. So we'll be on the air, I think, at 445 tomorrow. So get ready for some uh, earlier Cardinals baseball here on KMOX. Right now, we're very happy to be able to go to the Quiver River Electric guest line. You see him on uh, Channel 2 and Channel 11. He is a, a sports anchor and reporter. He is Kevin Ryans. You follow him on Twitter at Official Kev Rye. Hey, Kevin, how are you? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me on. I like the sound of 5.40 p.m. Cardinals game start times. Nice and early. We get to enjoy the rest of the evening as well. And hopefully, for our sake, some Cardinal wins. Now, do you? I, I, I'm, always, um, I'm always at the game, so I generally don't have the 10 o'clock sports on. Do you guys have to wait until the game is over to get highlights? Or are you able to do uh, in-game highlights, uh, you know, highlights before the game is over on your, like your 10 10- 1020 sports. Yeah, I know. Generally, we can air the highlights before the games end. It's just nice and easy, much easier to have them done early. So, um, but yeah, we can definitely um, use them before the contest is over. So, the question I've kind of been asking a lot of people here recently is what interests you right now with the Cardinals at a time where winning and losing has become somewhat secondary to? a number of other storylines. What, As you sit there and you watch the game, what are the storylines, what are the narratives that most interest you? I think the biggest thing that interests me is Adam Wainwright's push to 200 wins. He hasn't had it for most of the season, had a couple of starts where he was okay after he came back from his recent IL stint, and then this past game didn't do very well. I'm interested in seeing if the Cardinals can push it through Get him to that 200 wins. Ali Marmol told me the other day 
while we were in the dugout, right, and, you know, talking to him before the game, he said, hey, we're going to give him the best opportunity. We're going to put our A lineup out there. Um, we believe in him. Um, we, we think he's been pitching really well. We, we've seen very good things out of him. They are pushing for it. Of course, we all know that Adam Wainwright wants to do it so badly. It would be a great cap on his career to get the 200 wins. Not many pitchers get that opportunity anymore with the way the analytics works. That's what I'm really most interested in. And then afterwards, Jordan Walker and his development talked a lot about um, how you know he's cool and comfortable at the plate, but because he was drafted as a third baseman and had to switch positions – to the outfield this is a new venture for him he's learning the outfield at the major league level he's getting better game by game if he can get that part to where he is an average major league baseball defender with the way that he hits and how prolific he can be at the play he is going to be a dynamite player is there any level of struggle for wainwright that would go across a line where you, if you were making the decisions that you would say enough is enough and you know, no longer allow him to take the ball every fifth day. You know, maybe, maybe about a couple of months ago, if, uh, if, if the Cardinals were still in contention, still trying for this thing, maybe um, that, that would be the case, but the Cardinals are out of it right now. Um, you think your fans, you know, want want to be able to be able to root for something, and the players in the clubhouse were saying this is a big rallying cry for them. This is what they want for him, and so um, at this point of the season, when you've already waved the white flag and traded all of your players, um, all of your free agent players, and try to get assets for them with the goal of preparing for the future. I think this is the, the, the move is to keep him on the mound, let him try to get the 200 wins. Um, the, the whole point is you really want to see how everyone else develops around him, you know, the Walkers and the Gormans and Burleson. And uh, you still want to see good play out of Arenado and Goldschmidt and everything. But uh, at this point, I really don't, I really don't think there's a, there's a reason to, to take the ball away from him. Just let him go out and gun for it. And, Look, he hasn't been good this year. The numbers certainly stand for themselves. But a, a few starts ago against, I think it was Arizona, he left that game in line for a win, and he and he pitched well. It feels like over you know seven weeks or however much time is left in the baseball season, he should be able to do that at least a couple more times to put himself put himself possibly in position to get to win two hundred. Yeah, and the Cardinals have. I've said, you know, we're going to do everything we can for. Particularly when he has the good outings, to try to put him in position to be able to to get to that point. And I think taking the ball away from him um, at this point, when you've already waved the white flag, it's just it's just not the right thing to do. I think at this point, you want to um, give your fans a reason to root, give your fans a reason to come to the ballpark. And one of the reasons is to be able to get their last glimpses of Adam Wainwright, number fifty right-handed pitcher on the bump um, at Bush Stadium where people have enjoyed watching him over the last 17, 18 years. Um, so it, it, it's it's the right thing to do. Let him go for it. And hopefully you, the fans get to, get to root um, and cheer for something as great of a milestone as 200 wins is. Last thing for you as we're being joined right now by uh, Kevin Ryan's Fox 2 and uh, Channel 11. 
do you think we'll see Mason win up here in the next couple of weeks or so? Uh, I, I, there's no doubt about it. I think, you know, obviously, the, you know, I, I'm sure you've read all the blogs and the reports about whether or not, you know, when they were going to bring him up and um, how carefully they're positioning themselves uh, to bring him up to keep his eligibility at a certain place and, uh, you know, for potential draft compensation and whatnot, all that stuff is uh, things that I'm still trying to, to figure out as well as someone who uh, is, uh, you know, continues to learn about baseball and um, continues to learn about the, the rules within it. But Mason Wayne is having a terrific July and uh, swinging the bat so well. That's another thing that Cardinals fans can become really excited about is seeing a guy like that, the future, um, and how he can be molded into this infield. That, I, I believe at some point they will, particularly when you know September comes up, um, and close to that, I think you're going to see him in the big leagues. And I think the Cardinals fans, I've said this before, I think the Cardinals fans are going to love them some Mason Win. I think he, he looks like the real deal. I know it's triple-A pitching. He's going to have that adjustment period in the major leagues. But I think in the, in the long run, he is going to be dynamite. He is uh, Kevin Ryan. You see him on Channel 2. You see him on Channel 11. You follow him on Twitter at OfficialKevRyan. Kevin, thanks for the time as always. We'll see you at the ballpark next week. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. You bet, for sure. There's Kevin Ryan's joining us here on the program, and we appreciate him taking a moment with us. 314-436-7900. That's how you call. That's how you text. You can tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air. Wanted to mention this real quick. Uh, got a text message earlier when we were talking about Oliver Marmel. We had a caller call in who does not like all Oliver Marmel. And the thing that I had mentioned earlier about Taylor Motter batting for himself uh, the other day when there were some guys available on the bench and somebody texted him basically that's the reason that Marmel needs to be fired. I, I hate to say this. I hate to say it. But those things are happening right now because winning and losing is kind of secondary to some other things that are going on. And it's really, really, really hard for some people to kind of accept that as being factual. But it is. You can't you can't be judging anybody on those type of decisions when the season is gone the way it's gone and what you're playing for is what you're playing for here at the moment. We'll take a break. We've got more in just a moment. Brian Kennedy from uh, Channel 4 is going to join us after this. It's Gray Bar Sports Open Line on KMOX. This is the Gray Bar Sports Open Line. Those bit swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. On America's Sports Voice, KMOX. We go from one local sports anchor reporter in uh, Kevin Ryans to another in Brian Kennedy. You watch him on uh, Channel 4, and he joins us right now via the Quiver River Electric Guest Lines. We welcome you back in to a Graybar Sports Open Line. Hey, Brian, how are you? Good, good. Kev's a, Kev's a good man. hope you all treated him well. We tried. I mean, we'll, we can double-check later on and make sure that he feels <laughs> the same way. If I think I treated somebody well, but they don't feel like they were treated well, then it really doesn't matter what I think in that situation. <laughs> yeah, about 0%, but yeah. I'm, I'm, sure he's, I'm sure he's just fine. Uh, what you're a, I always think of you as being kind of a, a college sports guy. 
Uh, all this realignment, I saw you, you know, you quote tweeted the other day the way the, the geographical, ma- or no, all the logos that, uh, that now make up the Big 12 Conference, which is kind of a, a wacky conference. What's your take on just the way this whole thing has played out, where TV networks are running everything, football is the most important thing, the, the, the athletes from other sports are kind of being taken for a ride, and we're just in a really weird spot in college athletics? It's so weird, man. I remember when I when news first came out that Oklahoma and Texas were going to the SEC, and I remember thinking how outlandish that thought was, right? Like, Oklahoma, and, like, that doesn't even make sense, right? Now, after all these new moves, that actually makes more sense yeah. than, like, the, the most recent moves, right? I mean, Oregon and these other teams going to the, to the Big Ten, like, what? What sense does that make? I mean, even when you look at a map, I mean, you know, you kind of just mentioned you have, you know, your volleyball teams, your other, you know, and your Olympic sports are going to have to travel literally cross country for these games. It's it's just all insane. And I don't, I don't know how much longer it goes on. I mean, I saw, a, you know, a possible breakdown of the Big 12 and it's just a, like a hodgepodge of like what's left over almost and who, who doesn't have a home and who can still, you know, come in and compete, but also maybe they can't compete at all. I don't know. I saw something today that saw a friend send it to me because she was just asking my opinion on a possible 24-team SEC conference from Saturday down south. I'm like, is that what we're headed toward? Just like these just, I mean, immaculate super conferences where – I mean, it's basically three or four conferences, and that's it. It's just insane how far we've gone. And, I mean, as we know, it all comes down to money, right? And, really, you get your most money from football. That's just how it goes. You know, I went to U.K. where we speak basketball all day long, but at the end of the day, college football is king, and that's what's kind of ruling all these decisions. Well, the, like, today, you know, every day it's a new story, and today the story is – Florida State and Clemson would like to go to the SEC, who wouldn't, while the ACC is considering maybe going and getting the four Pac-12 schools that are still alive, and they wouldn't fit geographically in the ACC, but maybe the ACC thinks that those schools will do enough to keep Florida State and Clemson. It's like, who's going to make the move first? You know, when when those school, when the Arizona schools in, in Utah leave for the Big 12, they're trying to get an Apple TV deal done, but then all of a sudden Oregon and Washington leave for the Big Ten, and those other <laughs> schools are ready to go. So it's almost like it's not which who's going to knock down the dominoes first. It's almost like in the line of dominoes, where are you going to knock it down? Right, and you don't want to be the last domino, right? You don't want to be the last team on the West Coast. <laughs> Wonder, you know, where everyone went. I always compare. You don't know, like uh, that episode of Fresh Prince of Bel Air where Will was standing in the middle of the living room and everyone's gone, like. You don't want to be that team right in your conference. You don't want to be that team wondering, like, man, where did where did everyone go? So it's almost like even if you're a school and you don't agree with these conference realignments and you don't want to force your students into having these long trips, you're going to be forced to just so you can stay relevant, just so you can continue to have a team to field, right? I mean, just the idea of these West Coast teams really have to travel from for, you know, from Oregon all the way to Baltimore, Maryland, it's just it's just insanity. But I mean, that's that's where we're headed. And the conferences that I grew up with, you grew up with, that some of your listeners grew up with, are just are, I mean, they're already gone, right? And then in, over the next two or three years, they're not going to look anything like they used to look like ever. And the thing that frustrates me is 
rivalries don't mean anything because a lot of you yeah. know a, a conference doesn't need both Oregon and Oregon State because you're going to get the Portland market no matter which one. I, I and I know Utah and BYU ended up in the Big Twelve, but you didn't need both of them. You only need one right. to get Salt Lake City. You know the, the say you don't need a Colorado and a Colorado State. You only need one to get Denver. So it mm-hmm. all of a sudden the the regional rivalries mean less and the number of markets you can penetrate mean more right you know the, you know when texas a&m made that move to the sec it was a it was a huge deal because they were leaving behind texas right that texas texas a&m was a huge rivalry and with that movement of texas a&m they were basically almost saying like we don't need you anymore right we're moving on to something bigger and better we're going to play in the sec where we're going to get our you know our players from texas but also we're going to dip into florida into all these into georgia and these other southern states to get these players. Well, now Texas is saying, wait a second, here we come, and it completely blows everything out of the water. I'm a huge rivalry guy. I love rivalries. I went to Kentucky, so we hate Louisville. That's just how it works. Louisville keeps jumping around conferences as well. Who knows where they'll land? Who knows if those games will still happen? And it's honestly a bummer. I understand there's there's bigger things at play here, but I think rivalries in college sports, there's really nothing pure than just not liking another team because of where they are because they're your neighbor, right? And with all this realignment, you're eventually kicking those to the curb for, as we say, his money is going to roll all. And that's really what's making all these decisions and you're not wanting to be left behind. And it's, to me, it's wild how, how much more important football is than men's basketball. The ACC could be the next league to go under, and that's the league with Duke and with North Carolina. Blue bloods of college basketball, and it doesn't mean a thing because the the legitimate football programs they have, like a Clemson, like a Florida State, they just don't have enough of them. Absolutely. You know, when I was growing up, there were a few things bigger than that Big East basketball tournament at Madison Square Garden, right? Now nobody even watches it. It's not even it's not any of a thing. And those schools made their decision based on, you know, if, if their school had football, you were gone. And now the Big East really, it exists, but in a way it doesn't exist because it's not what it used to be. And, you know, ACC, when you think of basketball, I mean, what's bigger than Tobacco Road and Duke, North Carolina, and all those other schools? And, and it's just not a factor anymore, like, at all. And, you know, obviously, once again, you know, being a Kentucky guy, we, you know, college basketball is our bread and butter, but football is going to be always the thing that makes the decision. And that's obviously what we're seeing now. And it's it's just insane. Just to localize it before we move on, what this does prove is that when it comes to Missouri and it comes to Illinois, as much as I would love Missouri to still be in the Big 12 Conference, uh, if you're in the SEC or you're in the Big Ten, you've got it made. Maybe the, the Big 12 is kind of that third league now, but it really is two conferences and everybody else. Yeah, I mean, there's no question now with Oregon deciding to make that move and you have Oklahoma and Texas coming here and you know, with USC, I mean, there, there, it's two conferences and the Big 12 is the third, and it's just going to be crazy when it comes down to, you know, the college football playoffs, what that even looks like, right? Do you, because, you know, the original thought was maybe when they expand, you give these conferences automatic bids, but now, <laughs> I mean, you, I, I, don't even, I don't even know how you, how do you do it? I mean, it's, it's just insane. It's going to be definitely waves are going to be felt for the next several years. All right, before we get it out of here, let's talk a little Cardinals baseball. I'm asking this question to basically everybody that comes on here uh, during this time. What is the the item or the couple items that most interests you from now to the end of the season when it comes to the Cardinals in a year where winning and losing does not really matter all that much at the moment? 
Right, and and I say this because it's on my mind because I was just you know just looking into it. the the two big things. One is how Jordan Walker can improve in the outfield. You know that's at this point we've seen that's where he's going to play. Right, he he's not going to play third base anytime soon, so he's going to be in the outfield. So it's seeing where he can improve. Yesterday, if you remember, he had that catch in right field where he was tracking it and he ended up making the making the catch on his knees. In the post game, I know I think you saw it as well. Ollie says he hopes that's a catch he can eventually make standing up. After the game, Jordan was talking about how he's working with Willie McGee almost daily on improving. He's doing everything from, you know, working on line drives, throwing home, catching balls off the wall. I think seeing how he can improve, I mean, if he can become a gold glove outfielder down the line, what he's already doing at the plate, I mean, there's your franchise player, right? And then obviously, can any of these guys become a future rotation player. We saw what Zach Thompson did on Sunday. He only pitched four innings. Can you do that for six to seven? Uh, Dakota Hudson, are you going to be a factor? Libertor, are you going to be a factor? Or is there, a, is there a guy they call up that we don't even know you that can be a factor? We assume that they are going to bring in somebody for the rotation. I mean, he has to. He has no choice. But we know who's going to step up that's already in-house to take one of those spots will be interesting as well. Last thing for you, you, had, you talked about it on your, uh, your Sports show, Sunday show. Uh, you had a, an interview related to the Ascension Charity Classic. This thing's coming up in like a month, 29 days. What did you learn just as uh, we as a city once again get ready for uh, a big event? There's very few cities that support big events the way we do. Yeah, man, I, pretty, I had a chance to talk to, to Nick Ragone. He's the executive vice president of the event. And what they've been able to do over the last four years has been amazing. The first year, they didn't even have a tournament because of COVID. They still raise hundreds of thousands of dollars for charities in North County, St. Louis. And then now they continue to move it forward and forward. And all the names you have coming in this year. The cool thing they have, though, is a Legends Charity Classic. That's, it's almost like a... Uh, they bring in stars from the area, and he was saying this year they haven't released all the names, but they're going to have a Blues alumni game. So, like, hmm. they're going to have Chris Pronger on one team, and he wouldn't give me any more names. I was trying to get more out of him, but he's, he's going to have some current players. Pronger was the one former player he gave me, but I think that's always a big event. Last year, Baruby and Ryan O'Reilly played in it, uh, so it should be cool. Usually, Ozzy Smith will be in it as well. Hill Irwin, Nancy Lopez. So you're going to have some golf names, but also some hockey guys out there playing. It's going to be pretty sweet. That's and good. tomorrow they have the Legends Breakfast with Tori Holder and Isaac Brewster talking. I'm going to cover that, and I'm just excited I get to meet Isaac <laughs> Tori Holder. Honestly, that's awesome. September 5th through 10th, that's going to be going on at uh, Norwood Hills uh, Country Club. AscensionCharityClassic.com is uh, the website for people who want uh, more information. Brian, always appreciate you uh, taking some time with us. Encourage people to follow you on Twitter at TV. Enjoy uh, the week of the Cardinals being on the road, and we'll uh, see you next week. Oh, trust me, I will. You have a good one. All right, very good. There's Brian Kennedy right. joining us here via the Quiver River Electric guest line, and we appreciate him taking uh, some moment, a uh, moment or two with us as we continue on here on a Gray Bar Sports Open Line. One more break. We'll come back. We'll wrap up uh, the program. My name is Matt Pauley. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. News Radio KMOX, the home of the Cardinals. Starting to wrap up this edition of a Gray Bar Sports Open Line here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley. Just a few minutes left. I want to spend a little bit more time on the U.S. Women's National Team than we're going to be able to. We've kind of run out of time for the day. But I did see something on social media. And 
in case you haven't noticed, I, I avoid political stuff and more often than not, more often than not, but we do live in a world right now where sports and politics do merge. And I saw a tweet that got a lot of reaction from uh, Alexi Lalas, who is a old, you know former soccer player, now soccer analyst. And it read, don't kill the messenger. This U.S. women's national team is polarizing. Politics, causes, stances, and behavior has made this team unlikable to a portion of America. And he goes on a little bit more. But he took a lot of grief for that. And this is not me agreeing or disagreeing whatsoever with anything that the members of the U.S. women's national team say or do. But I don't understand why that was such a controversial message. There are people in this world, whether it's sports, whether it's movies, whether it's whatever, that if the people that are the stars of it are going to be political, there are people out there that are just not going to like them for their political beliefs. I've never really been one of those people. I don't really... I don't say, oh, man, that movie looks good, but I know the politics of the star, so I'm not, I can't go to that movie. I can't support it. That's never really been my thing. If you want to be that way, that's fine. I'm not going to get upset at you about it. Just not my thing. But those people do exist. So if you are going to be an athlete and you are going to speak out on your causes that you believe in, well, then there's going to be a certain percentage of the general public that's not going to like you. And that just kind of goes along with it. And I think they're totally fine with that. So I don't understand why this was such a controversial tweet from Alexi Lalas. Yeah, there are, there are people who disagree with the politics that certain members of the U.S. women's national team speak very openly about, and they don't like them because of it. I mean, that seems very simple, very straightforward to me, but man... Alexi Lalas took a whole lot of grief over that one, and I'm just not completely understanding why. The women's national team made the decision that they were going to be open about some things that they believe. Some people dislike them because of it. Some people don't. That's the way it goes. If they were on the complete other side of the political spectrum and said some things that they believe from a political standpoint, some people would like them and some people wouldn't. That's just the thing, way things go. Uh, Matt Pajeski, sports producer extraordinaire, major development in the uh, Pauly household here over the last few days. It took a while. I'm way behind the curve, but I am officially a cord cutter. Welcome to the future. I no longer have standard, regular cable television in our household. It actually, so it's funny the way things work. Because everybody's a cord cutter, and I, you know it's not even a money thing for me. Uh, because I, at the end of the day, you know whether you got your cable channels from a traditional cable company or somebody else, you're probably going to be paying about the same amount of money. But the uh, the cable company did not have internet speeds that were where I like them to be. I recently got fiber service into our home, so when I did that, I kept the cable channels, but I dropped the cable internet. We only had one cable box. We watched all the rest of the cable channels via a Roku. And I went to open up the uh, the Spectrum app the other day. And because I no longer have their internet, they don't allow me to watch their TV channels through the Spectrum app on a Roku. So I would have to get cable boxes for every single TV in our home, which is not what I'm going to do. I called them up. I explained to them what I needed. 
They were not able to do anything for me. So I'm officially a cord cutter. It's a big moment for me. With all this money that you've saved now, you can now just buy all the more streaming services that you want to buy. I don't think I'm going to, because <laughs> I've captured streaming service. Put more games on Apple TV. No, Whoa. no, I'm not saying that. Everybody else, I, I have been the, the lone wolf defending the cable companies when people say they're going to save money by cord cutting. I was like, ah, you probably won't. And now here I am. I don't think I'm a hypocrite. It just got to a point where they couldn't do what they needed me to do, what, the, what I needed them to do anymore. So I'm officially a cord cutter, and it feels odd. Thanks for being tuned in. Cardinals baseball tomorrow. I will talk to you then right here on KMOX. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.